Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, super smart, wonderful Disney quick service restaurant loving <laughs> wife, Michelle. I was wondering if you were going to say something like eating. Eating. <laughs> Talk about my cheeseburger loving wife, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode actually a day earlier than we normally do uh, because Michelle, well, she works in the medical industry and things are a little weird right now. You may know that. Um, So she has to work on Sunday. So we're actually recording this episode on Saturday, August 8th, 2020. It will come out as normal on Sunday, August 9th. But we're recording this just just to let you know in case like something breaks story-wise. Right. <laughs> and you're like, why didn't you talk about this? This all happened. It's the biggest story ever for Disney. Well, that's why we tell you what date it is so you can <laughs> n- know exactly what's going on with us. I know. I was just going to say, what if something happens like between now and tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure something is down is bound to happen for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... Why not sign up for the newsletter? Yeah, please sign up for the newsletter. We had a lot of interesting stuff on this week's newsletter for you, including we kicked off our nomination process for the Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. If you got the newsletter, you were the first one to find Find out what this week's category was, and this week's category was best, best villain Disney villain. Ooh. That's right. <laughs> so, and we are still actually taking in nominations for that. So please email us, hit us up on social media, whatever the case may be. I was going to cut it off on Tuesday, but I think I'm going to go ahead and extend it up until our next recording of the episode, which is no. next Sunday, just to get. A few more. We we already got some great responses, but just to get a few more in, and then we will also tell you who our uh, five would uh, we would pick that add in for our nominations as well. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say. Actually, we got a pretty good amount that came in. Some surprised Mm -hmm. you're extending it, but look at you being all generous. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure everybody gets a chance. No one misses. I mean, people are busy. You got things going on. I can't depend on you to be there watching social media when we post it. Hopefully, you sign up for the newsletter and got it. But maybe even if you do. Maybe you just breeze breeze through it or whatever the case may be. So I want to give you the chance to chime in with your... And this is all Disney property, by the way. It's not just animated films, live action films. It's whatever. Any of the villains within that are a Disney property, you can nominate. And the the, uh, characters that get the most nominations will be part of our final ballot when that comes in around November, December time. Very cool. 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 Uh, We also uh, are very active on social media, by the way. As I mentioned, we put this out on social media. We also put out a lot of stuff for what's coming up on today's episode out on social media. If you want to follow us there, we're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. We usually post these episodes, a video version of these episodes, later in the week. So usually they come out around Wednesday or Thursday because... I'm not exactly the quickest video <laughs> editor in the world. You're getting much better, I'm though. I'm trying to get better. And I'm trying to make them interesting, especially if maybe you've, you've already listened to it and you want a reason to watch the episodes as well. So I'm trying to add a little, jazz it up a little bit with some pictures Ooh, and a few extra things. You. So uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Uh, hit subscribe. And then whenever we have a video coming out, you will know and you can watch the next one. And if you want to respond to anything that we're doing, 
listening here, you can email us at our Gmail account, HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. That's right. We love hearing from you. And we love the feedback and the interaction's been awesome. Right. Yeah, we really appreciate all that you've sent us. Again, some more st- stuff has come through today for today's episode. Uh, things come through for our Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame all the time. But you know, all, all the time, we just you just uh, check in with us, say hi, tell us what you think about the show, and we appreciate all of that. Now, I have a couple of things that I want to bring up before we get into our main topic of the week. And the first is we watched uh, the Disney documentary on Disney plus mm-hmm. howard yesterday right. and it is magnificent i think you'd agree right. michelle definitely it really is uh, a, a great summary of him his talent um and it was really amazing there was a lot of things that we learned from that and it was a lot of very touching moments too mm-hmm. yeah oh it wrecked me at the end by the way <laughs> i was a, you know me i'm <laughs> I'm so emotional. I was a mess at the end of that thing. I was I was literally crying in my chair in the corner. It was it was it was uh, we just he's such a brilliant person and did so many amazing mm-hmm. things uh, even before he, he became part of Disney but then right. ki- helping ki- you know jumpstart the Disney Renaissance right. uh, writing things for the Little Mermaid, writing things for Beauty and the Beast and even a little bit for Aladdin as right. well and uh, who knows what Disney animation would be without his influence. And he was just taken from the world uh, far too early. Definitely. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, at such a young age to have accomplished so much, really impressive. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. And if you have checked it out, please let us know what you think of it. But it, I, I thought it was, it was brilliant. It was really well done. Another uh, fantastic uh, Disney documentary done by Don Hahn, by right. the way, who does great job with those things. Right. And, you know, as you said, I mean, he was involved with things other than Disney before Disney. And so it was really nice to see that they captured all this. They didn't make this a story about Disney. They mm-hmm. really did a great job making it a story about Howard. Right. Exactly. We're inspired. We're, Michelle has never seen Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> so we may be watching that sometime in the next couple of days that we found that we could watch that for free. So mm. we're excited about that. So um, this loosely leads into the next thing I want to talk about. And that is that we have joined the Parks and Monorail's most magical virtual run team. That's not easy to say, but no. that is what we've joined. But you did it. Yes, uh, with others in the Disney community, a, a whole bunch of people that you've actually heard on our show, and some people that we've um, had fun with out on social mm-hmm. media as well. Uh, together, we've accepted the challenge of the Broadway Cares Virtual 5K, and we're raising money to make a difference for men, women, children across the country affected by yes, COVID nineteen, which mm-hmm. have we all been affected right. at least a little bit by that, but also, and this is why it loosely ties into Howard by those. Of Affected by HIV and AIDS mm-hmm. uh, and uh, other life-threatening illnesses. So, you know, obviously it's a complicated time, but we could really help uh, w- with uh, some sort of donation. We have a, a fundraising page right now, and I'm going to put the link to it in the in, in our uh, in our show notes, uh, so mm-hmm. you can go to there. But any of us, uh, Dillos Diz, Monday Morning Monorail, DVC Duo, there's several others as uh, as well mm-hmm. out there that have joined together. Our goal between all of us is to raise a thousand dollars, but I know we can do better than that. So if Definitely. you'd like to come in and help, just to let you know, um, your gift twenty five dollars provides healthy meals for one week. Fifty dollars provides ten full bags of grocery for someone in need. One hundred fifty dollars helps. Uh, cover co-pays for telehealth or in-person health care visit for 10 people. 
250 helps provide one month of critical medication for someone struggling during this pandemic without health insurance. And $500 provides a family's meals for three months. Wow. So, you know, please, anything you can uh, donate to any one of us in that part of the team is helpful. Again, I'll post the link in the show notes and uh, we would be happy to have you uh, join in with us. It's definitely a great cause. Um, and how much they can really do with that money is just really impressive. And it's fun. We did it last year. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was it's a virtual 5K, so you can do however you want it. Uh, as I mentioned last week, in terms of the bling, the, the medals are really kind of mm-hmm. cute, really nice. And, you know, again, you're doing it for a great cause. And in this time, you know, when we're all feeling the struggles, to know that we're helping people who are having even heavier impacts of COVID or HIV, AIDS or whatever. It's really heartwarming to be able to be a part of that. Absolutely. We're proud to be a part of that team and looking forward to uh, doing some great things going forward as we, uh, as we approach the Broadway cares virtual five K. So uh, now on to what today's episode is going to be about. We have lots of stuff today, including Disney announces a reimagining of its team of helpful advisors, We'll tell you a little bit about that. A highly anticipated Disney film that's had its theatrical release pushed back a couple times will be showing up now on Disney Plus, but it will be for a price. So we'll tell you a little bit about that. And I believe Michelle has a Disney story of the week as well. We all know Michelle has the best Disney stories. (laughs) And, you know, before we get into our topic, one of the things that we also watched this week was the Alan Menken performance. Yes, which ties also into the Howard uh, Right. And uh, so he, along with the Walt Disney Family Museum, uh, had a fund is is currently right now involved in a fundraiser to help uh, continue the growth of people's skills with animation and getting the new young, talented people and really being inspired by the fact that Walt, you know, did initiate his career as an animator and and how that can really help with that. And I know that they are still taking uh, donations for that uh, through this week, through till next Friday, I believe. Yeah, Uh, you can actually watch the performance if you go to the, uh, I think it's on the Walt Disney Museum website, but it's also on their Facebook page. Uh, he did a great medley, a couple medleys. Of, he does so many songs. There's so many Disney songs right. and other Broadway songs. Like I said, Little Shop of Horrors. He mm-hmm. worked with uh, Howard Ashman on Little Shop of Horrors. Right. Um, there's just his his library is just so profound. There are just so many wonderful songs. You forget how many he's he's done. Uh, they only had 45 minutes to do this show, plus an interview with Lin Manuel Miranda. Right. Uh, so he kind of just did medleys to you know little bits and pieces but it was still a wonderful show and uh, definitely check that out. And then yes, donate and help uh, some of these young adults out there, young, these children who aspire to be animators that maybe uh, struggle to kind of get into these schools and, and whatever. Um, it really, really will be helpful. And we'd love to have, uh, more animation coming from a various different uh, sources out there. I mean, right. I, we, animation is still wonderful. We still love all That's the Disney right. movies we see. And no matter you know what the type of animation or the medium or whatever, it, it's still really a very entertaining area uh, to offer. And yes, going to the uh, Walt Disney Family Museum, their website, and they have ongoing um, 
virtual classes mm-hmm. and things related to animation as well. So, uh, but I, I think having them uh, be able to help support, you know, through scholarships, et cetera, young artists is awesome. Yeah, it really is. So definitely go check that out and donate to that as well if you have the opportunity. And if you have the, I know it's a tough time for a lot of people out mm-hmm. there right now financially, but if you have the funds, uh, it's, it's tough all the way around. So it helps so many different people right. in so many ways. And if I heard it correctly, they have an anonymous donor who's matching. Funds. Right. Yeah, that's so. what they said. They're matching. I don't know what if it, what the point uh, that they're matching up to is, but they are matching right now. So um, definitely take advantage of that. So let's get to our main topic of the week. This is a fun one. And we're looking <laughs> forward to talking all about this. Yeah, so our main topic this week is our five favorite Disney quick service restaurants. Right. That's, that was an exciting topic to research. Yeah, there's so many. I, and really, I mean, you know, Disney's known for, well, I mean, when you think of theme park food, you probably think of burgers and fries and chicken nuggets and hot dogs and whatever. And yes, of course, there is that in Disney. Right. But there are some really wonderful options at the quick service restaurants throughout the Disney parks as well. And we're going to talk about a few of our favorites. And, you know, whenever we do one of our five favorite lists, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's awesome wonderful (laughs) all things that are good with the world but also because she has the very most the very most very interest i don't know the most very interesting (laughs) list Uh, yeah i don't know if that's right but we know that her list will be right so let's get to michelle's fifth favorite disney quick service restaurant okay now as some of you may already know we don't discuss what we're preparing so it's just it's kind of you know we do our own little separate research based on what we thought the topic was and I wasn't sure if this topic was of uh, quick service that it's currently available and so Mm. that is how I produce my list however if it was considering all quick service, my list would be quite different. Well, maybe not quite different, but it would have some other. Okay. Well, see, and my list is going to be something that is not open mostly now because <laughs> my list is mostly Disneyland because I have to admit, when we go to the Walt Disney World Resort and the parks there, a lot of mm-hmm. times we eat uh, breakfast usually in our rooms. A lot right. of times we'll even eat dinners in the rooms because we are DVC members and we a lot of times we'll have a kitchen or at least right. a kitchenette or whatever the case may be. And we plan a lot more for our Walt Disney World vacation. So we usually have ADRs for different restaurants, right. table service restaurants around for lunch. So we don't, while we do uh, quick service occasionally, don't get our focus when we go to the Walt Disney World Resort. But we do have some. There are some on my list, and uh, I'm sure there are some. Well, now I know there's some on your list. But mine will be for Disneyland, which none of them you can access right now because you can't access Disneyland right now. So 
obviously we're playing this a little differently, but right. still, um, I'm sure there'll be fun lists. Let's get to Michelle's number five. Okay. So my number five is uh, Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe mm-hmm. in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. Um, now, another one that if it was open at the Magic Kingdom, the Columbia Harbor House, that would have probably been my number five here. But because that's not open, um, I, you know, I really did go with the Cosmic Rays. You know, one, it, it's an out of this world setting. Ah, see what you did there. <laughs> Um, but it, it is, it's just, it's just got a cute little niche that it has, but also just the convenience, uh, of what they have for offering. So whether you're there with kids or just as adults going in there, they do have a lot of variety there, you know, obviously with like what you mentioned, burgers, hot dogs, chicken sandwiches, um, you know, but they also have really like a lot of the Disney uh, restaurants have offered some really nice plant-based mm-hmm. uh, dishes as well. So, um, you know, I thought that that was really great. Uh, as I mentioned, in terms of having kid food, I, I think we usually do this, especially when we're traveling with our son. Because, you know, it just, for some reason, that that location is just comfortable for him, even though it might be loud, because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. around. Usually, I know that right now with social distancing, uh, it's different. But he just I think because he knows he can get all foods that he likes there, you know, but they do have healthier options. And they do have some really nice salads and, and things. So it it does kind of fit the bill of hitting a lot of different uh, tastes in terms of you know, what you like. And who doesn't want to be entertained by um, sunny eclipse? Yeah, he never he never fails to entertain. That's for sure. Right, yeah. right. So that was my number five. Very good. I like your number five very much. We stop there very often, especially when Scott is with us, for right. sure. So what about your number five? My number five, uh, again, we're going to, I'll probably have be fairly heavily into Disneyland (laughs) here. And my number five is at Disney California Adventure Park. And that is the Paradise Garden Grill. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I like about it so much is they have some wonderful unique or I don't know if they're unique but interesting options more than just your standard burgers and fries mm-hmm. there a lot of times throughout the year they have kind of a, a Mediterranean feel to their food right. so they'll have like gyros and uh, and uh, like Greek salads and stuff right. like that and I love stopping there for that I feel like it's a little bit of a healthier option sure. when you're at the park and it's very tasty as well seasonally they'll change things up a bit as well like uh, during uh, the Halloween into Christmas time mm-hmm. when they're celebrating cocoa a lot there they will do it more of a Latin, more of a Mexican type right. feel there. Uh, before they closed, they were serving plates based on the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. And the beer garden is located right mm-hmm. next to there. So they had some things that would, if you're going to have a beer, you might enjoy with a beer. Like uh, they had beer battered fish tacos. Right. Uh, they had brisket sliders, brisket fries, just great food. A place that I really love going to. There's always uh, shady tables around there that you can find pretty easily. A lot of times the mariachi divas are playing there. So there's entertainment as well. And it's just uh, one of my favorite stops within Disney California Adventure Park. Right, exactly. I, I totally agree. I love that location. Um, it's it's not one that a lot of people, I think, tend to go mm-hmm. to because it's it's further back. And, it's kind of hidden in a weird corner. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think it's it started opening up a little bit more with people seeing it because of some of the attractions 
that they moved into that area, um, you know, related to Pixar, you know, so I think it was starting to pick up a little bit more from what we were seeing in the past. But you're right, it does have a lot of nice variety of food. But again, a lot of kid friendly food Mm -hmm. there as well. Um, You know, whether you're talking, you know, some other, you know, burgers or pasta, right? pizzas and things like that in that area so yeah and like you said having the entertainment there really made it special yeah so it's one of my favorite spots actually my fifth favorite uh disney quick service restaurant let's get to michelle's number four favorite okay so i i'm i think this one might be on your list and it might be higher on your list Mm. than mine but it's number four is the p and j southern takeout at Fort uh, Wilderness. It's not on my list at all because I kind of wow. took it. I know it's quick service, but I took it as more of a, I guess it's takeout. I guess it is quick service, but I kind of put it differently. But it is, one of, it's like night one, getting some fried right. chicken from P&J's <laughs> is one of my favorite things in the world. It just means right. we're at Walt Disney World. Exactly. That's why I really thought it was going to be on your list. So to make my list, I really did click the button of quick service uh, mm-hmm. options at Walt Disney World. So that's how I know that it falls under that category. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I didn't want to cheat or anything like that, you know. Um, you know, it's just got that very rustic charm to it. I mean, I guess charm might not be the best word because like you said, it's more of a pickup takeout kind of mm-hmm. location. You know, it's it's smack dab in the middle of between uh, the building where the Hoop-de-Doo Review is held and Trillin's Buffet uh, or Crockett's Tavern area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have the wood, you have kind of like a porch area there. And, you know, they, they do have it set up really convenient, but they, you know, they really have some great, great food there as well. Like you brought up about the uh, fried chicken. You know, they have some really good barbecued ribs that mm-hmm. we've tried before uh, and some nice, you know, the sides that you would expect like a cornbread or coleslaw. Macaroni and cheese, right. potato salad. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's one of those locations you can also get like a family meal there. Right. So it, you don't have to just get individual servings. You know, if you have a, a family of, you know, two, three or four people, you can get a family, you know, box of of food as well you can also get a whole pizza Mm -hmm. and it's not like the worst priced pizza Mm -hmm. either so um you know i i just think it's really kind of like that good old country home kind of meal like you said it's for us it's our tradition when we're staying at the wilderness uh excuse me at fort wilderness Mm -hmm. cabins to kind of like we're home, right. you know, and that's exactly. our first night there. Yeah, a lot of times we're, you know, either settling in from a flight all day long from the West Coast uh, out to Florida, or maybe we red-eyed in and we, you know, we hit the parks up for a short time, but we're exhausted. So mm-hmm. it's just a pop in over there to grab something easy to eat. And so it just kind of, like I said, it, it says we're home. Right. Uh, if you're wondering about it, it's very much the same food that they serve or a, a lot of the same food that they serve at the Hoopty Doo Review. So if mm-hmm. you've been to the Hoopty Doo review um you probably know a lot of that food already and if you want to taste of that without actually having to go to see the show that's one way to do it true i mean the other nice thing that they do is they do have mickey waffles there for breakfast Mm. that you can get so there you go special Special place place. (laughs) one of our favorites for sure could have been on my list so my number four is uh, Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo, Ooh. which uh, of course can it's be found at Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, everything we've had from there is fantastic. Love the theming of the place. Um, I love the Braised Shack Roast, which has now been renamed to the Batuan 
beef pot roast because no one knows what Shaq is. Right. Not the basketball <laughs> player, the, uh, <laughs> the meat. Um, but that is really good. Uh, fork tender. It's, uh, the food there is pretty healthy. Uh, we've also liked the hummus garden spread mm-hmm. with the uh, kind of impossible, the uh, plant-based meat uh, right. balls that are involved with that. And um, just really good stuff. Like I said, like the, like the theming of it. And it's just a nice place to bite. Right. So that one made my list for number three. Ah. So I guess, you know, that I would be getting into that topic now. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's really cute ambience. Love interacting with the cast. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, they're really in character there. It's fun asking them questions like, how long have you worked here? Or where are you from? And getting some really cute answers and having that dialogue. Um, I like that. Again, it is not your typical, what you would think of having at a theme park mm-hmm. fair, you know, that they, they do have some variety there, you know, so like um, they're, they have crispy chicken with uh, vegetables, ma- vegetable mashed potatoes, you know, something, again, something unique or um, with their pork ribs, they have um, blueberry corn muffins, mm-hmm. just some u- really unique sides and ways of having the food that it's not just your typical burger or hot dog, you know. But but not something that's so out of this world, right. for lack of another term, <laughs> uh, that you you can't uh, you know and that most people can't. It's approachable. You'll 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 go you'll go in there and maybe you don't understand. I mean, they've changed the names, so mm-hmm. now they are more approachable. But right. even if they weren't, you it's like, oh, okay, I know what this is. This is you know, a, it's a pot roast. Right. Uh, it's fried chicken. It's shrimp and noodles. You know, and, and such. Right. So really good. So they um, unfortunately don't have like my favorite dish that was on any of the yeah. quick service menus, which was a plant-based meatloaf. Um, and I, and not to try to sound like I'm vegetarian, vegan, or anything like that. It's just when you're eating a lot of, you know, when you're traveling and you're not eating your normal food, it may be a lot more unhealthy. It's nice once in a while to throw in something there that is a little bit more healthy. Um, on the East Coast, but too, they do have now uh, a pasta with a plant-based uh, meatball. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's kind of nice there too. Um, but yeah, they, they, they do have, like I said, it's just a more, um, yeah, I, I, I think that saying ambitious or, or, you know, unique might make people think, oh, that it's not comfortable yeah, food if you're for a everybody. Eater or whatever right. But, but they do have, you know, a lot of great things that would appeal to anybody. And, you know, it, it's, it's in a really cool setting. I mean, I think the the one thing is if it's really cold outside, which it isn't right now in Florida. <laughs> 11 months of the year, it's not. You know, but we have been there recently on a very right. cold day. It's very cold. It's like in the 40s. Yeah. I know. It's like, oh, we're just shivering as we're yeah. eating our food. But um, it, it really is kind of cool sitting out there too as yeah. well. And, you know, so great atmosphere Agreed. and could really good food. Great. Uh, great. And I, I debated kind of doing a uh, 4A and 4B and uh, tying in uh, Ronto Roasters mm-hmm. as well in with that. But I decided to keep them off my list. Although I love a Ronto wrap. I think Ronto <laughs> wrap is, is spectacular on its own. But because that's pretty much all they serve is just the right. Ronto wrap, I wanted to have the restaurants I listed to have uh, several different options sure, for sure. most of them. So that's why I went with that. So. Right. That's my number four, Michelle's number, number three. three. So now we're your number three. My number three. This is the only one that we're going to find on my list that is strictly at the Walt Disney World Resort. And that is at Epcot in the France Pavilion, Les Halles, Boulangerie, and Patisserie. Pretty good. How was that? Was that any Very good? Very good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear you say it again. No, I'm just no. kidding. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, that is one of our spots. We hit up every single trip we're there. Um, sometimes it's just to pick up some things to eat at the park. Some, a mm-hmm. lot of times it's to pick up like croissants, just to take back to the room, enjoy either that evening or the next morning for breakfast as before we head out or whatever the case may be. They also have wonderful desserts there. Um, the eclairs, the Napoleons, all of those are spectacular. And it just kind of, you know, it captures that feel of a patisserie in Paris that mm-hmm. we've experienced several times. Right. And I mean, it used to be in kind of a little bit better area. Now it's kind of trapped in within the building a little mm-hmm. bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit tougher to kind of work your way through, but it still has that feel and, and the, the food is just really, really good. Right. So, Leal Boulangerie Patisserie Thank was you. my number one. Oh, <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Um, like you said, it's a great uh, shop that has pastries for sure. Um, and as you mentioned, we do like to um, grab either croissant or, um, you know, some other treats to bring back to the room. It's fun just getting one of those croissants they they also have one that has egg cheese and bacon mm-hmm. in it and having that with a glass of champagne mm-hmm. right there in epcot you know and hearing the music and mm-hmm. you just can think back or if you haven't been there imagine what it would be like being in france and it's just such a a, a fun experience in that regards and yeah. yeah i would have had that as my number one quick service no matter whether open not open which park that is by far my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's rare that you'll see us if we're exiting Epcot or on our way out of Epcot <laughs> that we're not carrying a bag of something <laughs> of like several croissants, probably a couple eclairs or Napoleon and right. a box or something. <laughs> we usually have that when we leave to take back to the room, uh, like I said, for either a late night snack or breakfast the next morning or whatever the case may be. So. Right. Or to bring on an airplane. Yeah, or to bring on an airplane. We've done that as well, yes, for the flights back, for sure. So uh, that was my number three, and apparently Michelle's number one. I stole her thunder. Sorry That's about all right. that, sweetheart. I had a feeling it'd be on your list. I didn't know if it'd be that high or not, yes. but I had a feeling. So uh, let's get to Michelle's uh, number two favorite Disney quick service restaurant. Okay, my number two would be the uh, Geyser Point Bar and Grill. Mm. You know, they do have the um, counter service right now, and they, again, have some really... I consider that more of a table service restaurant. Yeah, but they have the counter service open right now. Right, okay, okay. So, but you can still get some really amazing things. Um, If you liked grilled portobello, that, I mean... That's the place to go. You can either have that as a as a salad with some, um, you know, some grilled vegetables and goat cheese, or you can have it with salmon. They serve it also with chicken or with steak. So, I mean, it, it's really a portobello heaven, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they also have a really delicious bison burger there, mm-hmm. you know, which is a healthier version, less fat in it. Um, you know, and it just, it's a great atmosphere you know, you can get the food, have a seat outside there, look at the water. Right on Bay Lake. Yeah. Right. You know, just really rustic food. Uh, again, it they you know it does have the traditional foods 
that, you know, most kids would like, but also some elevated menu items as well. And it's just really nice rustic feel to it. Yeah. It's another spot we hit up mm-hmm. at some point virtually every trip sometime when we're not maybe going to the parks or whatever the case may be. Or right. we just had a light day at the park. We want to grab a bite somewhere. And it's sure. the place we hit up. We, uh, it's a great beer and wine list there as well. Right. Um, I mean, they place. do have, um, they're even their, their lounge uh, hours for serving some, you know, late night snacks is open kind of late. So that's pretty nice too. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it, it, I, I considered it more of a table service restaurant, so it's not on my list, but um, it's definitely a favorite spot of mine. For right. Sure. So right. It been. Yeah. So like I said, right now they do have the counter service. That's right over to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So, okay. So we're up to your number two, I think. So right? Apparently I, we've already done all of yours, right? Yes. So now I have the last two. Right? <laughs> 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 take over the rest of the show, or at least this part of it. Uh, my number two is back at Disneyland, in the Fantasyland portion of Disneyland, and that is the Red Rose Tavern. Mm-hmm. It's a spot, another spot when we're in Disneyland. It's a regular lunch grab for us. Right. Um, I really thought when they uh, read, I think it was uh, Pinocchio's before they changed it over, and you know it was about the time that the live-action Beauty and the Beast came out that they mm-hmm. changed it over to the Red Rose Tavern, kind of Gaston's place. Right. Um, and I really thought when they changed it over, actually the theming of it was better than Pinocchio's right, place yeah. there for me personally. Um, we love the, a lot of the food that comes out of there. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's interesting. Yes, they have your traditional burgers, fries, whatever, but they have some other interesting things. Our favorite thing that we get virtually every time we go there mm-hmm. is the Enchanted Cauliflower Sandwich, yes. which is a plant-based dish that has just has packed so much flavor and is so wonderful right it's one of our favorite things to pick up it's even big enough that a lot of times we'll just get one and split it right you know? yeah yeah so it's got that really nice um uh ro- i think it's roasted right um or right. grilled maybe i don't know um uh, cauliflower right. you know they have a really nice um spicy sauce yeah. on top of it um it you know it is so delicious yeah it hits you know, as, as a burger so it's on a bun and it's really well balanced it hits all the flavor profile i never thought i would love a cauliflower burger as, <laughs> or sandwich as much as i love this one it is really really good they also have uh, pommes frites there uh, with garlic mm-hmm. which is really really yes. good uh, they have slow cooked beef poutine. Right. Uh, they have some flatbreads there. The kid, you know, and they have like a uh, couple things. They have a burger as well, and they have a chicken sandwich, a Lumiere chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. which is good as well for breakfast. Uh, we've had the Beast breakfast burger, right. which was really good. Uh, Rob and Kim LaBerry, who are now doing the Hoopty Duo review show, and you should check that show out. By the way, uh, they joined us. They tried out the garden vegetable hash, and we're um, uh, Kim loved it. Rob was surprised at how much he. <laughs> right. Right, he right. was like, I, when you ordered this, I was thinking I'm not going to have any interest in it. But he said yeah. it was really, really good. I haven't tried. I think I took a bite of it, but right. really haven't had it much. But they they will tell you that it's good. So um, really interesting food there and would highly recommend it being one of your stops when you're at the Disneyland right, Park. Right, yeah. Disneyland and Resort, Disneyland Park. I totally agree. That would have been on my list if I was including things that are not open. And mm-hmm. like you said, we, we hit it up all the time. It's really nice you they have an indoor seating area an outdoor seating area as well um you know for quick service it really is it seems like it's 
it's themed really nicely. Uh, if you really pay attention to the details, you know, because I think that's one of those spots that you can just be so focused on the food to get out that you're not really noticing the decor. And it really does, they really do a great job mm-hmm. with theming there. And, you know, like you said, the food, they have a lot of variety there of having dishes that you wouldn't see at other uh, restaurants or quick service at the parks. You know, and it's just an all-around fun place. Yeah, all-around fun place with great mm-hmm. food and highly recommended. So I'm going to continue on since we've All already right. done your number yeah. one, which was, again, your number <laughs> one. I want to hear you say it again. Oh, my number one is Les Alpes Boulangerie Patisserie. Thank you. I'm just going to dub you over me from when I said it earlier because you say it so much more, so much more pretty quite. than I do. <laughs> Uh, it's not 100% perfect, but it's much better than mine. Uh, anyway, uh, my number one, I'm actually glad that you your your list was uh, one uh, restaurants that are only open right now, because I think we would be having, we'd be stealing a lot more exactly. of each other's. Uh, my other one, number one is I know another of Michelle's favorites and would definitely have been on her list had she picked from places that were open right mm-hmm. now, picked from anything at Disneyland. And that's the Jolly Holiday mm-hmm. Bakery Cafe. Uh, right. I, I It is a definite stop virtually every time we think about going other places and sometimes right. we do like i said with the red rose tavern whatever right. but uh, inevitably at some point when we're on our disneyland visits we end up going to the jolly holiday <laughs> bakery cafe because they just have such wonderful sandwiches baked goods right. desserts salads, salads soups uh, you can never go wrong with the Jolly Holiday combo. It's a steal of a deal. Right. Uh, tomato, their wonderful, fantastic tomato basil soup and this hearty grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, toasted. Sourdough. So lovely. And it's just, it, it is a go to dish for us regularly. Yes. They also have some other great sandwiches as well. Just a couple of that I'll name here. The roast beef and blue cheese is really good. Mm-hmm. The caprese, if you're looking for more of a vegetarian, the caprese on focaccia is also excellent. Right. If you know what a caprese is, it's it's tomato, it's basil, it's mozzarella with uh, usually a little balsamic mm-hmm. dressing over the top of it. Really, really good on the focaccia bread, which is soft and lovely and wonderful. Uh, the Jolly Holiday Salad is really good. Right. And, and, and I said, they, they usually have the tomato basil soup almost every single time. And they also will have some sort of soup of the day right. as well. And uh, they also do a lot with, you know, the baked goods, the desserts. Mm-hmm. They do uh, some specialty coffees there as well. It's right. just a really, really great stop. Right. And, you know, they do mobile uh, service as well there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When when I first heard the title of it, I thought, oh, bakery. And okay, yeah, if I'm in the mood for bakery. But like you said, it has so many other dishes there uh, that you can choose from that are really, you know, a nice meal. And uh, in terms of the baked goods, so they do have some seasonal specials or if something is going on like during um, Mickey's 90th birthday, they had a really special um, macaroon dish there mm-hmm. as well. So they have some other interesting things based on what's going on or something else that they want to highlight. And it, it really is great there. Uh, it's themed for Mary Poppins in mind. Mm. They have some really interesting uh, stained glass windows mm. and mirrors. And it's really ornate looking when you look inside. But again, it's one of those, 
If you're just going there for food and you're paying attention to what food you're getting, you're going to miss so many really cute details mm-hmm. around that restaurant. It's also a great outdoor seating area yes. right there at the hub at the end of uh, Main Street. And, you know, I highly recommend just going out there and people watching. It's right? a great spot to just people watch. So um, definitely, if you're going to Disneyland, I recommend it. Definitely stop by at some point the Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, so. So those are our selections. We had some listeners chime in with their selections as well. Let's go through some of them. Uh, Doug Stevenson, uh, who is a subscriber to the newsletter and a regular contributor on these segments. Uh, Thank you, Doug. He hit us up with an email. Uh, he, st- he stuck mostly with Disneyland as well he, and uh, the Disneyland area. He started with his number five was the Napolini Pizzeria in downtown Disney. Right. He says it's affordable, delicious pies that you can ex- you uh, expect from the same people next door to an express option. So, okay. uh, number four is Ronto Roasters. Ronto <laughs> Wrap plus Tatooine Sunset equals paradise for me. I <laughs> uh, miss it so much right now. I agree yes. with you there. Uh, Doug, uh, number three was Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta in uh, Disney's California Adventure mm-hmm. Park. That's right next to the Paradise uh, Garden Grill, uh, if you're looking for where that might be. He says, sun-dried tomato pasta is certainly one of the most underrated dishes, uh, d- underrated dishes in my opinion, at the resort. Wow. It's really good. They have some really good uh, pasta that's made right. up there as well. Uh, number two is Rancho del Zocalo in uh, Zocalo, Zocalo, in <laughs> Disneyland Park, uh, Frontierland at Disneyland Park. Always consistently good, and lots of good options for just about anyone. If you're looking for more of a Mexican feel to your right. dishes, that place has some great Mexican food there. They have some really unique uh, Mexican dishes too, seasonally, mm-hmm. and with like even for the the nighttime events mm-hmm. that they bring out a special dish for that, which is always really you know really fun that they do that just for like a one night event right uh, great place uh, again uh, when, when we don't hit up all the time but we've hit it up regularly mm-hmm. and they have some really good food there uh, finally number one was plaza inn at disneyland you said three words fried chicken dinner I agree. <laughs> uh, great choice there uh, he went on to say another fun topic you two don't have barely any quick service experience at walt disney world resort we like to do a table service there instead. Thanks so much for letting me participate. Doug, you're always oh, welcome yes, to participate. Definitely. We always appreciate your participation. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, moving on, Disney Pick a Day hit us up on Twitter. You can find uh, them at, at Disney Pick a Day. And he said, assuming that lounges don't count. Uh, number five is Sunshine Seasons. Good for you food, he mm-hmm. says. Uh, number four is Flame Tree, which is over at uh, Disney Animal Kingdom Park. Right. Uh, ribs and chicken, great, but normal. Uh, he also said the La Le Al Boulangerie Patisserie. Yes. Uh, quiche, <laughs> bacon roll, etc. Yes. Uh, he uh, went on for number two is the Satouli Canteen. Uh, best food for you and tastes great. It's another mm-hmm. great spot. And number one was Harambe Market. He said ribs. Oh, yeah. So good. So thank you very much, Disney Pick a Day. Yeah. Uh, Justin Monorail hit us up on Who? Facebook. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> of him uh, from the Money Money Monorail <laughs> podcast. He said, a Hyperion Adventures top five list in five involving food. Now this is the pod tech. Co- Woo. <laughs> Let me start over. A Hyperion Adventures top five list involving food. Now, this is the podcast content I'm paying for. (laughs) Wait, I don't have to pay? Anyway, (laughs) forgive the long long list. And please feel free to mention those that may not have already received some love. I just can't trim this list down. 
Justin, it's a high period adventures right. podcast tradition to go and go more than five. So we will go ahead and go through this. Ronto Roasters, he says, mm-hmm. you know, we live that rope drop in Ronto Wraps life. <laughs> uh, he's a docking base seven. Love the unique and delicious fare. Right. Woody's Lunchbox. Tots and ta- uh, tarts. Tots and tarts all day. I'm having a tough time reading yes. today. Yes. Uh, Casey's Corner, a.k.a. the only place that you should eat a hot dog at Walt Disney World. Okay. Uh, Friar's Nook. Do I even have to say loaded buffalo chicken tots? <laughs> no. Okay, I won't. Uh, Flame Tree Barbecue. Oh, how I dream of the pulled pork mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Satouli Canteen. Again, unique and delicious. Yes. Sunshine Seasons. You telling me I can eat the stuff I just saw in Living with the Land? <laughs> Sold. <laughs> and finally, the one place that we haven't got to a visit yet, but I cannot wait to visit once we finally get to Epcot again is Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Right. That's a mic drop moment right there, he says. <laughs> so, yes, I thank know. you, Justin. Appreciate the list. Yeah, as great always. list. Uh, Keenan Meadows uh, hit us up on Facebook as well. You may know Keenan and his wife, Rachel, from the Part of Our World podcast. Great friends mm-hmm. that we have out there in the Disney community. They say five. Uh, the last spot for me was tough. I wanted to recommend like three places and don't have the item, I, they, but they don't have the item I want, which are Friars Nook, Sunshine Seasons, and Backlot Express, which would beat out my actual pr- 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 pick. But wow. Just slow down. I know. I Take a deep breath. Thank you. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> which would beat out my actual pick. But since those favorite dishes don't exist anymore, <laughs> I will go with Ronto Roasters. Great pick. Uh, number four, Satuli Canteen. I agree with Jay's comment, Justin Monterell, who he <laughs> responded to right afterwards. Uh, Yorkshire Company Fish Shop, Fish and Chips. Need I say mm-hmm. more? I right. agree. Actually, yes. that's another place, one of the rare places we do hit up a lot at for quick service at the Walt Disney right. World Resort, just because right. the fish and chips are so good there. Uh, Sleepy Hollow with the spicy chicken and waffles mm-hmm. he likes. Mm-hmm. And finally, number one is Be Our Guest, uh, which I kind of thought more of a table service restaurant, but maybe it's more of a quick service in the morning. Yeah, well, that's and what, he, what used to be at lunch, too, I think. But okay. now lunch and dinner is the same. Right. So, well, that's what he mentioned. Breakfast, especially if you can get in before the park opens and basically walk onto Seven Dwarfs Mine Tree. Right. So, yeah, right. okay. I can see that there. Uh, Frank Cardillo from Dillo's Diz, Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find him at Frank M. Cardillo. He said, going to answer based not on current quality of food, but on the nostalgia <laughs> Surprise, Frank. Uh, <laughs> Pinocchio's Village House and ABC Commissary at the studios. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people mocked, rest in peace, electric umbrella, but I never minded the occasional salty burger and reflections <laughs> of Communicore. <laughs> and he right? laughed out loud after that one. Uh, Constance Hathaway hit us up on Twitter. You can find her at Disney Means Home. Uh, she said, Flame Tree. Pecos Bills, mm-hmm. Friars Nook, those buffalo tater tots are delicious <laughs> again. By the way, I remade those for uh, Disney Dishes right. blog. So if you are jonesing for those at home, right. uh, look up that recipe at the Disney Dishes blog. Uh, Tortuga Tavern, Sleepy Hollow, Pongo Pongo, and mm-hmm. those are my faves, she said. Uh, Jacqueline hit us up on Twitter. She is at Pixie Dust PhD. She has a great YouTube channel, by the way. Check it out if you get a chance. She said... Leal Boulangerie Patisserie. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, the bacon cheese roll is a must and an excellent Epcot breakfast. And Summerfest for noodle gratin and usually wine. Haha. 
and the only t- are the only two quick services I constantly make sure I make time for the excellent noms. Uh, if I'm staying at the uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, the Mara is also very mm-hmm. tasty, she says. So thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, Magic Meter Podcast hit us up on Twitter. You can find them at magic underscore meter. Uh, based on the last time we were at Disney World, I think we liked Columbia Harbor House mm-hmm. the most. Uh, almost was on my list. Right. Um, it was on my list for a little bit, and I pushed it off because of, there's some other things that I liked right. a little bit more, but I do love Columbia Harbor House yeah. as well. Right. Like I mentioned, that would have been on my mm-hmm. top five list for sure if it was still open. Uh, finally, Adam hit us up on Twitter. You can find him at the mouse and more. And by the way, belated happy yes. birthday to you, Adam. I don't think we hit you up on social media this week, but we're going to pass along through the podcast. Hope you had a wonderful birthday, Adam. Uh, he said, Cozy Cone, that's mm-hmm. at Disney right. California Adventure Park in Cars Land, Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe, yes. Uh, the French Market, Satuli Katine. Uh, GCH Craftsman Grill, which is the oh, old yeah. whitewater snacks, which you can find at the Grand California mm-hmm. Hotel at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, they have great food yeah, there. Yeah, they do. Uh, Captain Cook's at the Polly. The Mara, again, mentioned mm-hmm. at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And again, Columbia Harbor House. So great list. Again, thank you, Adam. Yeah. And thanks for everybody that chimed in. Definitely. So those are all their list. Do you have any other honorable mentions by any chance? Pretty much everybody was hit here so far, right. I think. Well, I mean, I think some other honorable mentions that I would have included, again, if it was considering everything, uh, Flo's V8, yeah, I think. Yeah, they were on yeah. my list for a second, and I dropped them off there. Right, uh-huh. um, and the uh, the Petite Cafe over at the Riviera, mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I would have also included, I mean, that technically is open, but that would be more of an honorable mention yeah. uh, for me. Uh, so I think those would probably be the ones that I would have included. Um, They're good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one other one I'm going to mention is the Bengal barbecue from Adventureland in mm, Disneyland. They have uh, some Forgot meat and vegetable skewers and some other things there. But mm-hmm. there is also a really great location if you like something a little different, not your traditional park fair right uh they have some really good stuff there so that's it those are our top five and some of our listeners top five disney quick service restaurants if you didn't hit us up already we'd still love to know what your favorites are send them to us either hit us up on social media or send it to us through our gmail account and we'll share them on an upcoming show yeah we'd love to hear from you again yes really appreciate again our top five disney quick service restaurants i like mine with lettuce and some So another great five favorite right. list. I love going through those. Definitely. Yeah, we've done a lot of uh, different food and dining options throughout the resorts, and those are always fun, and we always get a lot of great uh, input from our listeners out there as right. well. Right. It surprised me that's the first time we've ever done the quick service. Yeah. Um, 
topic. So yeah. it's like, well, that was fun. Some great spots, some great food. Again, it's not, if you think of Disney parks, I know it's like burgers, fries, it's right. what you think of uh, theme park food, but it really, Disney has expanded that so much more and there is great stuff to be found even sure. at the quick service restaurants for sure. Let's get to our Disney stories of the week. Every week we have a few stories for you that we like to cover that uh, cross the Disney gamut for various different uh, areas. I'm going to start with something involving a Disney film. That is a highly anticipated Disney film that was supposed to arrive in theaters back in spring, <laughs> then again in summer, <laughs> will now arrive on Disney Plus, but it's not without an extra cost. This right. is really a, a kind of a controversial subject out there. A lot of people on both sides of this. Mm -hmm. So this from CNBC.com. Disney said on Tuesday in a surprise move that its blockbuster feature Mulan, the live action Mulan, by the way, mm -hmm. which has been delayed from its theatrical release since mid-March, will hit Disney Plus on September 4th for a premium price of $29.99. So this is on top of your subscription already. Right. If you want to watch this at home, it's going to cost you basically $30 to, to watch it. Right. Uh, the film will be simult simultaneously released theatrically in certain markets that have open theaters and where the company hasn't announced plans to launch Disney+. Plus. It will be Disney's first effort to sell content on Disney+, Plus, uh, on top of the mostly... Six ninety nine subscription. A lot of us signed up for a cheaper rate than mm -hmm. that for the first few years. But uh, this was a quote from uh, CEO Bob Chapek. I uh, said during the earnings call this week, which if you know the earnings call this week, you might want to understand why they may be charging a little extra for Mulan. Well, there was actually a lot of great news that came out of sure, it. Sure, but it was a, a, as you would expect because of all the closures and you mm -hmm. know trouble theatrically and everything else. It was a loss for Disney. Uh, he said, "Quote." We see this as an opportunity to bring this incredible film to a broad audience currently unable to go to movie theaters while also further enhancing the value and attractiveness of a Disney Plus subscription with this great content, end quote. So, uh, you know, Disney kind of hoped that this would be a big smash hit. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, uh, they say that the budget for it was around the $200 million range with marketing that could have been somewhere around another $100 million right. on top of that. So Disney needs to kind of recoup that money in some way. I mean, they could put it on Disney Plus and it'd be bonus, you know, for, for no extra charge. But they're not going to recoup that money easily from it. People are, I mean, maybe it gets some more subscriptions, but does it get a lot more subscriptions? It's not a guarantee right. for sure. Uh, so they kind of had to do this in a different way. Now, they're also hoping that they would get from Mulan a lot of Chinese uh theater goers to mm -hmm. watch this one now they still may release this in china uh to the theaters there and you know since it's getting a little bit better as far as this in china so right. they may try and uh, still put it out there and i don't believe disney plus is available in china right now either right. uh where it is available western europe of course uh canada australia new zealand and here in the united states is where you can find it uh, now the price tag is obviously steep mm-hmm but, you know, it's, and we've debated this. As right. soon as we talked, we were like, okay, are we going to pay for this? And we're not sure yet. Um, right. Because for, it would be about the price if we were to actually go to a theater and, you know, we like a nice theater with recliners and stuff. <laughs> we go upscale. That's how we roll. Um, and we, so we probably would be paying about that price for it if we were going to go see it. But it's not the theater experience, you know, and this might right. be a movie you want to see in the theater. And knowing what the track record has been for the Disney live action recently, 
do we go ahead and pay this price and see it or do we wait until eventually it is free and we can watch it at a later right. time when it is on Disney Plus or whatever the case may be or we can get it on demand for a cheaper price. People are so trained to, you know, if you're going to get a movie in your home paying about the five ninety nine, six ninety nine right. point, it's a little different. So I think we've decided we're going to kind of wait and see what the reviews are like and then decide after that. Right. So a couple things to say about this. So um, in terms of us deciding to wait, actually, this is a movie that even if it was out in the theater and we could go to the the recliner theater, um, I don't know if that would be one that I would jump at as quickly. That one I might say, eh, let's just go to a regular theater and pay less and just see the movie. Um, but, you know, again, based on some of the, you know, not that the current live actions have been bad, they just haven't been maybe... in in my opinion, as superb right. as some of the originals or the animated classics that have they have uh, replicated. Um, so that being said, it, that was kind of what drove my thought of let's kind of hold off a little bit. Um, I think, you know, one of the other things that makes this different than the five ninety nine or six ninety nine is that this is a brand new release, mm-hmm. you know. And so we've kind of had this discussion, you know, for the last couple of years now. Our theater is going to be more and more trying to look at a way of how to offer a new release at home. Would people do that? Would they say, yeah, I'd rather pay more and just have it at home, have it at, you know, the convenience of my home, whether, you know, you get food brought in or you have your food or whatever, um, you know, and and maybe not go to the theater. And I think Disney's just the first to do this. And so it's, it, it's kind of a sticker shock because we just haven't had that before. But I, I don't know that it would have been different had it been another company, you know, offering this or a theater house offering this as an option of being able to, hey, you get to see a new release at home if you'd rather do that, you know. And, um, you know, because, I mean, there's other issues that some people may deal with in terms of going to theaters, getting a babysitter, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Is it is it going to be a situation here now where I can pause if I want to, if I need to take a phone call or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever other conveniences that you might feel having a, an experience at home might bring to you. And so, like you said, um, whether you're looking at it as a, an experience that you would normally pay for a little more than a theater, but at a nicer theater or an entire family and you're not paying individual, it may not be the most absurd price point. I don't think it's absurd at all. I actually right. understand the price point for this being a first run film and being that, you know, if they were going to now it's going to, it's going to hurt for somebody who is just a single person at home that wants to watch this in their living room right. by themselves. Yes. Of course, $30 to go see any movie is pretty pricey, right. but you know, a family of four, I mean, for $30, I mean, if you're going to a movie for a family of four, you're probably playing more than $30 to go see sure. any film. Right. So, you know, it, it all breaks down differently. And that's why Disney had to find that balancing point mm-hmm. between this to find that where they could try and recoup some of this money that they spent on this film, right. but still make it so people would be willing to actually pay for it. So I'm interested to see, I'm sure that a lot of, uh, production houses, movie companies are looking at this to see what happens with this because this has been discussed for a while. Maybe we start doing this more regularly as people aren't going to the theaters as much. Do we offer our films at home 
earlier on at a different price point. So it will be interesting to see what this uh, actually draws in for people right. and how many will, will view this. But right. And people uh, are buying nicer TVs a lot of times mm-hmm. for their homes, larger screens, and, you know, having a lot of, um, you know, experience that may not be exactly like seeing mm-hmm. something in the, in the big theater, but, you know, pretty close to it. And again, if this was a, a first run, if this was the first time, you know, for example, to see something like A New Hope, yeah, I would say no problem. Yeah. Pay that 30 bucks. Again, we're going to wait on the reviews of this. I, right. I, I'm a, I was a little more intrigued by Mulan than it sounds like Michelle was. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of liked uh, the way it looked, the way the trailers were showing things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even then I was still like, okay, you know, what's it really going to be like? How good is it going to be? I was going to still wait a little bit on the reviews. And now it's definitely going to be the case. But it wouldn't shock me if it is good that we do go ahead and spend that money on it. If right. it's not so good, we'll wait until it comes out on Disney Plus regularly right. or it's on demand for a more regular $5.99, $6.99, whatever the case may be. So we will let you know. We'd love to know if you're going to uh, pay for the extra to see Mulan when it comes out on September 4th. Let us know. We're interested to hear how many people are going to go ahead and do it. Right. And who knows? Maybe Disney does do that. Like the initial release, it's this much money. You know, and after so many months or whatever, we're going to reduce the rate, Mm -hmm. you know, and that it may take longer to go to where it's just on, you know, Disney Plus for free, but, you know, have more incremental uh, cost savings as the time goes on. We shall see. Definitely. So Disney's still the stock to buy, though. <laughs> they they are they're recommended they're, as a buy right yeah. now so uh, just to let you know uh, one more story that I have for you there is a wonderful Disney backed organization that helps guests with their vacation planning and it's getting a makeover this was announced this week on the Disney Parks blog if you're planning a vacation is a uh, excuse me. This is from the Disney Parks blog, straight out of the Disney Parks blog. Planning a Disney vacation is a bit different these days. To answer all the questions you may have, check out Plan Disney for authentic advice from experienced Disney Park guests. What is Plan Disney, you might ask? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. They are formally known as the Disney Parks Moms Panel. They've tr- it looks like they've kind of opened it up, changed the name, so you're not just thinking it's necessarily... Because what it's not. And right. I, I have tried out for the Disney Parks Moms panel. Michelle has as well. Right. Uh, and there are a lot of people on the Disney Parks Moms panel that are not mothers. They are dads. They are grandparents. They are single parents, right. whatever the case may be. They are parents without children. They have a couple of those on there. So I uh, kind of... I mean, adults. That's true. They wouldn't be a parents <laughs> without children, would they? That's a good point. Michelle always has the best points. They are adults without children. Thank you very much. They weren't. They aren't parents. Without children. Makes no sense. Sorry, I'm just teasing no, you. No, that's a good point. It, it took me out like what? Huh? <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so um, if you don't know what the formerly Disney Parks Moms panel was, now planned Disney panel, uh, they're selected through a comprehensive search process. This panel is compromised, uh, uh, comprised of, not compromised, comprised of moms, dads, grandparents, and adults without kids, not parents without kids. Uh, they're doctors, lawyers, teachers, entrepreneurs, yoga instructors, and more importantly, Disney guests. They're a passionate group with years of personal experiences planning their own Disney vacations, and they are excited and looking forward to sharing advice and tips with you. They've been doing this for years, known as the Disney Parks Moms Panel. We have recommended them, talked right. about them many times. We know a lot of people, one that are on the panel right. now, but also that have formerly been on the panel and some, a lot of prospective people. Uh, 
panelists that may be there eventually. Right. So, I mean, it, it made sense when it was first originated that it was the mom's panel and it was predominantly mom's. Um, and as time went on, like you said, they did add on, you know, um, dads, grandparents, etc. And now calling it Plan Disney, I think is amazingly great because it really does let everybody know here is a location that you can go ask a question and, you know, um, get some information that you might be looking for. And it's such a variety of questions that are asked, but I do believe that was the right thing to do to rename it, rebrand it so that people know it's, it's a resource for everybody. Right. It just it just kind of makes more sense. It just it simplifies it basically. You don't know sure. what the mom's if you don't know what the mom's panel is, you may not know to access them. But Plan Disney says exactly what you need right, to know. If right. you're planning a trip there, this is the place to get your questions answered. Uh, so you can go there and ask a question if you want to on the website. They also have a, a, hit, a library of questions that were asked in the past. Right. So you might be able to find your answer that way without even asking right, them. Right, you can but do a search. Right, but they are, these people are very knowledgeable. Uh, they love going to Disney. They know all sorts of different stuff about uh, the various Disney things, whether it be Disney Vacation Club, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, uh, even Run Disney. Uh, they have all all sorts of answers for you there. And so please uh, check it out when you get the chance. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome resource. And uh, again, it, it's great that they're opening it up. Uh, I know that people who are hoping to, to try out for the panel for next year, um, that's been postponed. So the current panel will, will be um, going on for another year, at least most of them, if not all of them. Um, so, but that makes sense because, you know, why bring in another group and you're trying to train them on something that is maybe temporary and changing. So here they have people who have now, you know, like a year under their belt already that they can have that experience as well as having an understanding and knowing who to contact to answer your questions, especially right now, considering everything is a little bit different. Yeah. I and mean, that's another thing is if you're going to train people uh, for all the things that are constantly changing right. out there right now, at least you have some people that are have been there through this and they're right. already receiving the answers they need to discuss with people. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find them, by the way, you can find them at plandisneypanel.com. So that's it for my Disney stories of the week. Uh, Michelle, I believe you have a story for us. Right. And, and I don't know if it's a story or announcement again, but uh, this week, Sony announced that the Vader Immortal, a Star Wars V VR series will be released this month, April 25th on PlayStation VR. Oh. <laughs> so uh, the setting of this is, um, you know, obviously Vader, Darth Vader's life between um, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. You know, and you, you're going to have different experiences there. But um, it's really interesting to see that that's coming just around the corner a couple yeah. weeks from now. Yeah, I heard it's great. Uh, our good friend Rob LeBerry <laughs> got it and he played it and he said it's, it's really enjoyable. Uh, being that it would be on PlayStation VR makes it more accessible for right. us because we already have PlayStation. There's also, a, by the way, an Iron Man VR game. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but that's coming for PlayStation VR mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about doing that, um, know that there's a couple things you might be interested in out there. So right. great. Good just, stuff. Just Michelle's stories, always the best just stories. a little announcement. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the best from Michelle, <laughs> let's get to Michelle's tip of the week. Every week we try and give you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. Disney Cruise, once they get sailing again. <laughs> Disneyland, 
once it opens again. <laughs> and of course, the continuing open of the Walt Disney World Resort. Again, we always start with Michelle because she's wonderful, great. She has the best lists, the best stories, but she also has the very best tips. So let's get to Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, sweetie. So my tip relates to actually planning a trip and getting prepared for a trip. And it, it doesn't have to be... Uh, until you have something scheduled or reserved at Walt Disney World, but it can be if you do. And that is putting together a travel box, but just one that you can have ready. You know, one, you might get an opportunity for a more spur of the moment trip and Mm -hmm. you can have everything together. Um, Or it's one that can help you get excited about an upcoming trip. Or if you don't have one, just and you're yearning for it, again, something that can help you prepare to really have fun as you're putting it together. You know, and you can put things in like ponchos, magic bands, ears, um, but things that you might find comfortable for when you're traveling. I mean, for us, we have a box and um, it includes a wine bottle opener and a cork (laughs) stuff. From us? Shocking. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, but it's also, you can get the kids involved. They Mm -hmm. can uh, put together some things that they might want to... That's our box. It's just a wine opener and a stopper. That's (laughs) it. No, that's not true. We're ready for a trip. We're ready for a trip. (laughs) You know, but you can have things like uh, room decorations, you know, have the kids get involved and that they can even decorate the box that you know that you have to store these things in um but we do have one and mm. it does make things we do have other things and if you're interested we can let you know all the things we have in that but um you know for us like because you mentioned we are uh, vacation club members that we do have some things that we have prepared for when we're going to stay maybe more at a studio that doesn't have a full kitchen mm-hmm. so some things that might make it a little bit more comfortable in that regards as well um but it can be fun just assembling it and as you're doing it thinking of a trip or if you have one upcoming you can think about what do you want in there some magnets uh, you know all kinds of things that you can put in there you can add to it as you think of things but it can have it um as you as i said you can get excited about something and then have it ready to go when it's time for a trip you're you got a portion of your your trip already packed yeah and you never know when you know, there's some great deals coming up right now on a lot of places that you may suddenly <laughs> Change your mind and say, you know what? We have some time off this week. Right now at the Walt Disney World Resort, there's a great flight out. There's a great, you know, hotel stay right now. And then you don't have to, you can just get ready to go. You know, you have it all halfway packed, ready. You just need to get your clothes together and go. That's uh, right. So it's good to have that uh, ready to go. And yes, it's also good to just, you know, have fun. Thinking about your next trip is always fun. Yes, daydreaming. So much daydreaming going on right now about a Disney vacation. Uh, I guess right now you could put masks in there. So anyways. Uh, So uh, thank you, Michelle. Michelle's tip, always the best tip. Uh, My tip this week is just going to be some quick ones dealing with some of the topics we talked about today. Food mostly and Mm -hmm. servicing restaurants. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can save a little bit of money for one thing uh, at one of these, actually any of the Disney restaurants, but especially the quick service. As we talked about with the Enchanted Cauliflower Mm -hmm. uh, Sandwich uh, at the Red Rose Tavern. It's large. A lot of times if we, if we don't feel like we need a giant meal, right. we'll just cut that thing in half and split it between the two of us. Well, there's a lot of places that do that mm-hmm. at, at Disney parks that their plates are big enough that if you want to share, save a little money, yes, it may be 15 bucks for a plate and that may seem a little expensive, but if you're splitting it between a couple people True. or between you and a little one, especially they may be only eat a little bit of food, right. then suddenly it's like seven fifty per person right, or whatever. Exactly. So. One way to save some money is know how big these portions are and that maybe you can split it up. And if Bronco you, wraps. Right. Yeah. 
That's I can't eat a full Ronto. You can't eat a full Ronto wrap. No, I could all day. <laughs> uh, but you know, just so you know, I mean that that you can split it up and and you know save a little money that way. Also, another way to save a little money is bring some snacks with you into the park. Right. You know, I mean, don't necessarily feel like you need to buy everything everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, get some things ahead of time and bring them with you into the park. Whether it be fruit, whether it be chips, whatever the case right. may be, you can bring food into the parks. Um, so please do. Um, we mentioned the Columbia Harbor House a couple times right. so far today and one, one thing it has great food wonderful spot uh, but one thing that kind of gets unnoticed there is that there is an upstairs area yes. at the Columbia Harbor House that is a wonderful place it gets forgotten a lot there's usually a lot of great seats by the windows right. on the sides it's a little bit quieter it's a great spot to just kind of drift off go up the stairs and find and you'll find a lot of spots that are open up there if you, especially if you can't find any spots uh, down below right and especially on a really hot day that mm-hmm. nice air conditioning and being up there and like you said being able to look out the windows and people watch mm-hmm. or just have you know coming to the realization hey i'm having lunch but i'm in a great location yep. and finally my last tip is remember to hydrate when you're at the parks and the best way one of the best ways to do this is that at all these quick service restaurants just go up and ask for free cups of ice water don't don't charge you a thing right free cups of ice water. It's an easy way. Every time you get a meal, get a couple of cups of ice water. Even if you're not getting a meal, stop in, get a couple of ice water, stay hydrated in the, during these hot summer months. Right. As much Especially as since the water fountains aren't really working. No. Right, aren't accessible right, right now. And even when they are and things are okay, yeah. it's not exactly <laughs> tepid. It's not exactly the greatest water all the time. The ice water is not really nice at some of these stands. So go ahead and take advantage of that. So yes. that's it for my tip. Nice. And that's it for this week. Next week, well, we just talked about how we are daydreaming about a Disney mm-hmm. vacation. We've been doing a lot of that recently <laughs> because we have not been able to go to Disneyland who hasn't open. We haven't been able to make it out to Disney World. So we're always daydreaming about Disney vacation yes. now. And while we're daydreaming, you know, why don't we go ahead and extend it to, you know, dreams of the fullest extent, like the most <laughs> luxurious extent, you know? So, yeah, we're going to spend next week talking about if you ever had a little extra money you want to spend, if you want to splurge a little bit, uh, having a Disney vacation where money is not really an issue, a Disney luxury vacation we're going to be talking about some of the most luxurious resorts luxurious spots throughout the disney parks and how you might be able to enjoy those right and some of them there's you know even through deals being offered you know you can stay you know at the nicer resorts and still get to have a very amazing experience you know um maybe more than what you initially thought Mm -hmm. to spend or maybe not but um yes and there are some experiences that, that are way out there super luxurious but they're also ways to have you know to go into more of their um you know luxury resorts and have a great time without breaking the bank right and so whether you're actually planning on splurging at some point or whether you just like to daydream right about what could be <laughs> if you were hit the lottery or whatever the case may be uh we're going to talk about all that next week but we appreciate that you found us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts however the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com and while you're there why not sign up for the newsletter yes please sign up for the newsletter we'll put out the 
Disney Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame categories every week. We've got some other things. There's the link to where you can donate uh, to our Broadway Cares Virtual 5K fundraiser. Uh, You can find that there as well as in our show notes. Uh, But mostly we just want you to be kind of in the Hyperion Adventures know. And that's what the newsletter is all about. Right. And just a reminder, we don't share that that email address with anyone. It's just for sending you the newsletter. And uh, the other way that we really like to hear from people and interact with people is through, or I guess not interact, but here is how we're doing. And so you can, again, either through our Gmail account or through a review. Yeah, we appreciate reviews. Mostly we appreciate you just tell friends about our show. But yes, reviews help so many ways. And if you ever want to hit us up on our Gmail account, it's at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. We are also very active on social media you can find us on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast we do have a youtube channel hopefully at some point this week you'll be able to see this (laughs) if you so choose on our youtube channel if you ever want to find us there just do a search for hyperion adventures podcast we'll find our channel there hit subscribe and anytime we have a new video coming out we'll find out about it yeah so that's it for this week Thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.